0: hello hello well hello everyone very excited to have you here for this weekly session of our marketing ops confessions um i have the pleasure to uh, to host today one of the, the customers that i'm working with on a regular basis scott hamid from intercom so thanks a lot for, for joining we're very excited to have you here uh it's going to be a great session, and so what? Uh, while everybody is joining, please, everyone, uh, you know, introduce yourselves in uh, in the chat. Share where you are coming from. Uh, feel free to ask questions. We are going to do. I'm going to do a little bit of housekeeping before we get started, uh, just for everyone to know how this is going to work. So, um, first of all, we use. Um, we use Livestorm as our amazing uh, uh, conference app. So you see, so you probably all know it. You can uh, react to what we are talking about in the chat and you can also ask questions. So please feel free to ask questions. We'll be happy to answer them during uh, during this session. Um, this session is also uh, being recorded and all attendees are muted. Um, and uh, you can actually have access to all the Marketing Ops Confessions episodes on the Matcudu website. One other thing uh, to have uh, in mind is that by attending this session, you have a chance to win one of the gifts that we are giving away. Every month, we basically change. And for the month of June, we have the chance to have an amazing wine subscription. So uh, you will know if you are the lucky one, the lucky winner, at the end of the month. All right, so Scott, it's really uh, yeah, it's really amazing to, to be working with you. for are driving transition and uh, marketing operations at Intercom. Uh, for those of you who don't know Intercom, I uh, strongly recommend you to check it. To check it, uh, Intercom is really the leader uh, in uh, business messaging and the business messenger platform. And many of you probably already use Intercom services. For chatbots and chats on the website, or for support, uh, for handling support and other engagement programs uh, uh, like emails and and mobile push notifications to bring people back to uh, to uh, your product. So, Scott, I would love to know if you could share if if you could quickly introduce yourself and share a little bit more about yeah your your experience.
1: Thanks a lot, Anne. I really appreciate that. First of all, everyone, it's a great pleasure. I don't know your faces, but uh, we're all in the same uh, webinar. So hello, hello to everyone. Uh, In terms of my journey in marketing ops, it's an interesting one. I started out as an engineer uh, by trade. Uh, I did my undergrad in computer science and I was working at Oracle Sun specifically and in the areas of uh, software engineering. But early on I realized what I really was passionate about was the customer life cycle and how to optimize it. And so marketing was a pretty good direction for me to take. And so as as part of the journey I've taken on exceedingly uh, exceeding higher roles in terms of in, in the areas of marketing operations, marketing technology analytics, growth hacking, and then finally um, demand generation. But primarily with a heavy focus on marketing ops and technology analytics. Uh, so that's what, uh, what my career journey looked like. I've worked for very small companies, Bootstrap, 10 employee companies, to I've consulted for the likes of Cisco and everything else in the middle. And of course, now I'm at I'm at Incom, very excited to be here. It's a great company and, and, you know, our, uh, and it's most importantly in the Martech area. So it's it's exciting to be, you know, being a proponent in a company where Martech is core to our product. Uh, so that's my journey. Um, part of that journey, of course, uh, the key highlights that I want to share with all of you is I'm a big believer in growth hacking. I've, I've uh, built growth hacking type of frameworks at pretty much most companies that I've been to in, at least in the last four or five companies. Uh, the second thing that I'm a big proponent <clears throat> on is marketing tech, marketing ops folks should be the instigators of new innovation at their companies. So to that effect, I led a uh, filing of uh, three patents, two of them are still under pending process and then one of them has already been approved and all three were at LinkedIn. So I'm a big believer that we marketing ops and tech professionals and analytics professionals should be the spearheads internally to really talk about innovation and and specific to prospect and customer marketing. Well, that's
0: very impressive, Scott, yeah, really, and, and Scott is, a, is very modest as well because I believe that you also own the restaurant in your in your in your past life. So if everyone wants recipes, yeah, you know whom to to reach out to. So really, really amazing, uh, Scott. And uh, and since you were discussing about you know intercom and uh, and the key role it's playing uh, in um, in uh, yeah the, the the different business messaging and conversations, I think one of the topics that would be awesome to begin with is to talk about that, like this chatbots, this live chat as a channel. Uh, we are actually using it at Metcudu and we really love it. So I would love to know if you could share with everyone like the intercom journey, providing this uh, these features, this channel and leveraging this channel as well.
1: Absolutely, thank you, thanks Anne. And I, I'd love for the participants also chime in on the chat and know if, if you do or do not use uh, or any kind of experience you can share. It doesn't need to be intercom specifically, it could be any business messenger, any live chat bot, bot as we call it. Uh, it's been used. That'd be great. So uh, I've been tracking Acom for a while now because it, the company is very dynamic in that we have a business messenger, but we also have in-app product messaging. We have uh, chat bots. We have a lot of other capabilities like uh, we have help portals that you can help you know get help pages on, etc. So there's a lot of different products, but the overall platform is really how do and, and our mission, let me start with our mission. So our mission at Intercom is how to make internet business personal. So as marketing professionals you to all relate to that because marketing also needs to be personal. And many times you as marketing professionals may feel that you know our campaigns, when I say our, our I mean industry campaigns, uh, company campaigns are not that personal. So mm-hmm. I, I love the mission of Intercom. And our vision is that this idea of a business messenger This idea that when you go to any website, any type of company, e commerce, B2C, B2B, you name name it, the idea that you can interact with a messenger, which can ultimately then even guide you to a human, is a pretty powerful concept because it it takes away that impersonal, uh, you know, this sites are impersonal, so you make them personal by putting that out. Uh, So that's uh, that's the main uh, vision that we have. In terms of our Impact uh, our own usage of Inacom Messenger to really power our sales and marketing. It's been phenomenal. Uh, We, as a company, are primarily a self service company in our roots. We started as a self service company, self service revenue, credit card base. And then over time, we've gone up market and we've done phenomenally well up market. So, Messenger has been core to that entire journey because when you build a self service funnel, you don't have sales reps. You need this kind of messenger to really help you you know, uh, quest, uh, answer the questions for the prospects, not only as they're showing interest, but as they go from awareness, consideration, preference, and then they trial your, so when you go to consideration, you trial yeah. the solution and then you purchase and then you start adopting. So you need to be in the product. In many cases where internet based products in the world yeah. so you need to get help. And then finally, when you want to expand all of that, the Intercom Messenger plays a crucial—it's a cornerstone to that entire uh, operational strategy. And so, at Intercom, even with the upmarket move acceleration that we're achieving through, you know, going upmarket, getting revenue in that area, it plays a crucial component. Because uh, it, to put it more at a high level, majority of our revenue, majority of our MQLs M- are influenced by uh, Intercom Messenger Live Chat. Uh, it's a crucial component of it, and the, the the journey of the prospect as you track them from awareness all the way down to becoming customer and beyond. All, every single one of those steps in the journey, we are leveraging our own product. And that includes chatbots which are really intelligent. They can understand if a company using, let's say, Clearbit integration to say, you know what, this is a smaller company, perhaps they need our trial and they want to trial our product. Or this is an enterprise company, I need to connect them to an inbound SD rep that kind of intelligence that is built into our product, leveraging uh, great integrations with companies like Clarabit, and then even leveraging that Kudu to say, you know, which of these prospects that are chatting with me are higher uh, fit for our company and a greater fit for, especially for our sales funnel and those which are not. So we can help them in the right way and guide them through the right conversations. So all of that has been a crucial component of our, not only prospect life cycle, but also customer working and beyond.
0: Yeah, and, and it resonates a lot, uh, indeed, this ability to use this, uh, this, this live chat or the chatbots uh, in every cycle of the journey of a, a prospect and then a customer. Uh, and what resonates with me a lot is also that you can personalize the messages or you can segment differently on the different personas. Uh, maybe not everybody wants to uh, is ready to actually talk to uh, uh, to a sales rep, uh, or to a person, but they are—they are—they—they just—they are just looking around and need to get more in more info. So, totally resonates with me. yes, ability also to really uh, uh, differentiate the messages depending on the on the person you are targeting. So, uh, yeah, that's really 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 great. Um, switching to uh, to the next topic, I really loved uh, what you mentioned before around. The fact that you are uh, you you have been working on and you hold patents in marketing analytics, and so I'd love Scott if you could uh, if you could tell us more about uh, your vision in terms of how you are seeing predictive uh, analytics being used today, and so where do you think we are going? Yeah, and why? So what are the trends that you are seeing today?
1: Yeah, and, and I, I'd love to feedback from, from of course, the participants on the same topic. So let's all interact and um, I have my chat window open so I can see if you guys post any comments, I'd love to see them. Um, my view of the world, uh, looking at marketing analytics, predictive analytics, and I've been looking at it for several years now. And, and, and in I, uh, at LinkedIn, we built a marketing analytics dedicated practice based on this whole idea that we should look at analytics as a core function. So predictive, of course, played a huge role uh, starting even at LinkedIn, uh, we built uh, an account scoring algorithm, uh, w- which was custom built, homegrown, which at that time was definitely an industry-leading, uh, pro- you know, internal product. We also shared that inside, uh, attending different conferences, talking to a lot of my peers. So that's where the journey started. And what I, what my view on the world is, and I'd love the all of your feedback is, I still see this. We've seen a lot of progression and companies like Matt could have done a great job to put this out, but I still feel that we're nascent in this journey. Uh, B2B data, of course, has challenges, which makes it harder to implement predictive analytics. And and that's slowed us down a little bit. Uh, And B2C has progressed much faster when it comes to predictive. Uh, Talk about DSPs and DMPs, et cetera. I mean, a lot of them, the core part of that is predictive analytics. But when we talk about B2B, at least, I feel that it's nascent. Uh, it's early in the game, uh, and but I'm very excited. I'm very excited because especially with the companies like Matt Kudu um, and the ability to integrate Matt Kudu with, let's say Intercom and all the other great products out there, there's a lot of data that we are now collecting and centralizing. The key is how do we mine this treasure of data to really impact decisions, Across the entire funnel and you know beyond purchase also, so um, case in point, I you know I a few examples that I'd like to share with all of us is content personalization. I truly believe is going to be the next uh, holy grail when it comes to B two C definitely, but also B two B marketing because ultimately uh, you know you you only buy from a company that can persuade you. And you persuade them through the right content, through the right offers. And if we can optimize that using persona data, titles, you know, size of the company, et cetera, where they are in the buying stage, then you can have a greater impact from your marketing content to your funnel. Right? That's the number one problem that a lot of companies, you know, who build great content marketing practices are dealing with. They're like they're creating lots of content, right? Yeah. That's in, in some cases that is an issue too by the way, content is not there. but if you're creating great amount of content but you don't even know how to apply this and you're using humans to do that, that's that's a disservice right We need to build technology and, and predictive analytics to, to do that because essentially it's a you know a conveyor belt. there's a bunch of content that is you know floating on it or moving on and then depending on who's coming to your funnel, you have to serve the right content at the right time. Now, I know you all may have heard about this a lot, but this is where I feel that the next, you know, one of the main areas that we should progress into, the pattern that I was speaking to earlier at intercom was on you know, that's the idea that I had, but leveraging a lot of the LinkedIn proprietary data that I cannot speak to more than that, but that's, that's what it was. The other area, some of the other areas are, Share of wallet, size of wallet. I think that's low-hanging fruits at this point in time. That companies just really going to share wallet, size of wallet. So that's just two two examples. I'm happy to share more examples. I'm, I'm going to pause here, and I don't know if you have any further questions on that. Here.
0: Yeah, I I, I wanted to uh, yeah to come back to the personalization piece because I think we all indeed agree that just doing this personalization, if you do it manually, it takes so much time, and right. uh, and resources. So having this ability to to have a predicting engine to automate this. Uh, it, it's really a, yeah. It's, it really really resonates a lot, and it's really key to be able to uh, uh, yeah to to increase efficiency of the of the different teams. So really, I just wanted to share that totally. Uh, it totally resonates uh, with me as well.
1: That's uh, Perfect, and I and I hope Matt kudu is. Uh, I don't know if you guys are working on it. That'd be great. I'd love to see Matt kudu be at the forefront of this. That'd be exciting.
0: Point taken Scott yeah and we, and uh, we'll be uh, yeah, we'll be happy to to discuss further uh, on this uh, for sure. Um, on the share of wallet size of wallet do you want to share more a little, a little bit on that aspect in terms of yeah what what you think is important and and especially for the future of uh, predictive analytics and data science for marketing ops especially for all the, the leaders who are in this uh, yeah, who are in this room and uh, would like to know more.
1: Absolutely. So imagine you have a total address of market and whatever that might be. Uh, imagine it's a decent total address of market because we're not, you know, most companies build a product to have a decent total address of the market. It, when you form a company or a, even if it's later in its cycle, you need to understand which prospects to go after and your market sizes are larger. So there's two dimensions that play into it. It's a two by two, right? It's like, OK, you know what? Actually, it's ultimately it's a three by three, but ultimately let's say if you have the right company that is expressing interest, that is great. So that's, you know, let's say one and two dimensions, sub-dimensions, and but the second one is, is this company gonna give me a great outcome in terms of revenue and can I quantify that? Can I put a dollar amount to that? That is actually crucial. So then your sales team, which is a very constrained resource and it's expensive resource, can focus their energies on that. So imagine I have a hundred accounts uh for you know one team and they can only prioritize 20 because of their limited resources you know and let's say out of those 140 are great fit and behavioral you know uh, they're showing the right behaviors they have a high likelihood to buy you still need to prioritize only 20. so then the size of the potential size of revenue that you derive on it based on some predictive algorithm it could be it doesn't need to be very complex it could be a simple regression uh, based algorithm which says you know what in past we've seen pros customers who look like these prospects and they give us these type of outcomes from an ltv standpoint preferably it's ltv not just the first year revenue and if we can do it from a lifetime value standpoint that we've achieved the best outcomes for the company that is actually crucial of course for companies like Matt Kudu series a series b all the way up to series d companies this is one of the biggest problems is you know there's a lot to cover a lot of ground to cover in the market but we don't have the resources to cover all the ground we need to be very careful where we miss our resources same applies to intercom mm. and that's their that's the kind of problems we're working at internally at intercom
0: yeah and 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 that's great to 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 see that indeed to understand like what is the the predicted revenue we can know, we can get out of all these accounts, uh, especially when you go up market and understanding which are the ones to focus on. Uh, Everyone, I'd love if you could share also your thoughts on this, if you are actually uh, uh, doing these kinds of initiatives already today um, around personalization of content, around uh, the share of wallet topic and the size of wallet to, to understand where to focus on. Uh, don't hesitate also to ask questions as well. Uh, we want to make sure that we can you know get your thoughts and, uh, and be, be able to, to answer your questions here. Um, Scott, in, do you want to add anything to yeah your thoughts around like the future of predictive analytics, data science, especially for marketing ops, teams? Um, maybe is there yeah, is there anything else that you want to share on this?
1: Yeah, it's an idea that I like to share and it's very applicable. You can take this and apply it at your companies right away. Um, I would take, I would look at your business problems and then try to understand what type of analytical initiatives that you need to fill those gaps. And think big, please don't think small. I know initially you'd be like, oh my God, I'm dreaming here. I don't even have the data for this. Fine, just put, put your thoughts on a spreadsheet and say, you know what, here's all the different, you know, analytical products or solutions we need to create to really help enable our business and then once you know that then you can write them down right say for example share wallet size of wallet two different initiatives perhaps or one um, perhaps it's chat base predictive scoring etc I can go on and on and then depending on what their efforts are you can start prioritizing saying you know what this particular initiative is doesn't require a lot of effort can have a decent impact and most importantly my peers, and stakeholders would care about it. Uh, that is the right thing to do, right? So then you can take that vision back to your marketing team and the broader organization, saying, "You know what? I need resources. I have this solid idea." Going back to the growth hacking mindset. Remember, I said that's the most important part of it. You take that ideas and start selling those ideas internally, and it takes some time, but you will see you will achieve some great results. I'll, I'll share a brief story just to illustrate that point. Uh, about nine months ago. Uh, I started asking questions internally saying, hey, do we know what our, do we have our total addressable market uh, encapsulated in a database through a definition? So can I go into the database, any database and say, I want to know our total addressable market for North America, where is it? And the answer was, well, we haven't built one yet. I said, okay, so perhaps this is an idea that I can take and apply. So I took that idea and I started selling to my sales of stakeholders. My, my peers and partners and saying, look, guys, I think this would be huge benefit to marketing, but what about you? Would you care about it? And instantly the response was, yes, we'd love it. Ah. And, and I'm like, okay, that's great. But so then the question from them was, okay, how do we make it happen? And so I had to like simplify that problem statement, going back to effort. Okay, fine, you have a great idea, but how much effort would it take? So then I had to go back to again, growth hacking mindset, uh, mindset, lean mindset, which saying, okay, what is a minimum viable product that we can launch? That can have an impact internally, and then we—I I conceptualized that. I wrote up a document, very simple document. And, and uh, kudos to Matt Kudu team. Uh, Matt Kudu fit score was one of the key core components of that. And there there were many other variables. So then taking that idea, we you know I then we did some analysis. and finally we came to the final product. And I'm I'm very excited to report that we're just launching it right now internally. And so again, think big, think be bold. And then always then take an idea and bring it down to its core essence and then sell 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 internally and then you'll see out of your 10 ideas one will gain traction prove it out and then you will be the leader internally so that's that's my call to action for all of us
0: and and that's really great because indeed coming back to the first the main business need and business problem that you that you want to solve is a is always the most important sometimes uh, we see too often people starting initiatives where uh, it's actually not the top priority. Uh, and so I love it that you have this example where uh, with a total addressable market that you were able to you know ask the team what was the need and just start with something simple uh, but uh, then uh, as, which enables them the team to expand on this and to and to do more and test and learn yeah test and test and learn is a uh, is really important in the in this situation so. Thanks, Scott, for, uh, for sharing this great this great story. Um, and actually, it's awesome because it's a great segue to the next topic I wanted to talk about, uh, which is around marketing ops itself. Uh, you know, as a function within the company, you were sharing this great example where you were discussing with sales, uh, with sales ops as well, and many different teams. Um, they are we are all in companies at different stages, uh, different levels of maturity when it comes to uh, marketing and especially marketing operations. So I wanted to know uh, your thoughts uh, and your take on, you know, the the progression of marketing ops uh, at various types of companies, stages of companies from the ones who are really starting this function to the ones who are much more advanced to the ones who are thinking about revenue ops, uh, interaction with sales ops, marketing analytics as well. I yeah, would love to get your thoughts
1: on that. Absolutely, thank you. Uh, that's that's uh... A question near and dear to my heart. And I do discuss this question with a lot of my industry peers and marketing ops realm, but also with vendors like uh, partners like Badcode, but also with analyst companies like uh, I've had really deep discussions with serious decisions in the past about the same topic. So, first things first, it all comes down to only one thing, which is what are the business problems and opportunities that are relevant to the company you're at or consulting for, whichever one you want to use always start with that in mind because ultimately the readiness of that company drives everything, right? There's no one size fit all framework that is perfect for every single company. That's the critical point. The second point though is this whole convergence of operations between marketing ops, sales ops coming together. This idea of revenue ops is absolutely crucial. So whether you build revenue ops as a dedicated organization as in one leader at the top intercom recently took that journey i'm very excited to report and i'm really excited in our leader who's 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 leading this now and we are making some bold moves in this area we're going to achieve some great results uh i hope very quickly but even if you cannot build that org you don't have the charter what, no matter which level you're at, whether you're a CMO or you're an individual contributor, it doesn't matter, but you can be the connective tissue that builds that type of uh, synergy between sales ops, marketing ops. So then you have a virtuous cycle, whereas initiatives are constantly looked that from a holistic funnel standpoint, not just from here's marketing ops. We only care about top of the funnel. And then when we head off, we just yeah. walk away, right? Or yeah. You know, I'm just sales off. My job is to just take whatever is given to me in my marketing and perhaps find outbound accounts, and then we just work on that. That thinking has caused a lot of loss at many companies out there. And I promise you with all certainty that, especially for medium to large organizations, 1,000 employees and above, this one area could bring, could build significant efficiencies and reduce significant loss for your company. So that's one point. But most importantly, it's not just about efficiency. Most important is about your ability to you know, to capture the market very quickly. We see that. You know the market is rife with competition and the competition gets more there's more vcs jumping in saying and there's more private equity firms coming there it's always going to be more competition it's all about how do you build operational efficiencies and then grow your market grow your revenue base fast enough then you can be the one leading the pack right this is all this is all we're living and breathing here so therefore revenue ops should be the core to that whether you build it as a function as a formal function, great, like Intercom did, or do it in a car-like way. So, what I did uh, when I joined the company, I was, I was big on this idea. So, I said, look, we have to meet on a weekly basis with sales ops and marketing ops. And then uh, we brought in business systems, which is our systems team, also on the same table. It's a triangle. And then we only talk about initiatives that can impact the funnel. And we do it cross functionally so we mm-hmm. start then seeing patterns of wasted effort wasted energies uh initiatives that needed to be aligned but were not aligned uh new ideas coming to the table that nobody else was looking at new gaps in the funnel that nobody else knew but we knew individually we knew nobody else knew so mm-hmm. by building that you know brain trust across sales uh, sales ops, marketing offs and whatever systems function that supports you whether it be sitting in sales ops or not you, once you do that, magic happens. You see amazing things that you can drive much faster, but previously you would not be able to because there's no connection between the different teams. Let me pause here. That's a high-level answer, but it's a crucial answer. Uh, again, to summarize, revenue ops, whether it be a formal function or not, but build those synergies, and you will start seeing an impact.
0: Yeah, and and, and it makes a lot of sense, and it resonates a lot with a, uh, you know, what a. Uh, uh, what I see uh, with other customers uh, in, in the importance of, as you said, linking everything you do in marketing ops to revenue. Uh, because if you just focus on the top of the funnel, indeed, and you don't know the impact it really has on revenue, um, then it's it's a big problem. So, uh, and you cannot and you cannot show the yeah the true impact. So really, uh, it it really resonates a lot, and uh, this notion of uh, making sure that you can measure, track this as well in your systems uh, and track the impact that you have on revenue. Uh, I was I wanted to come back to the RevOps function. So how do you, can you explain? So at Intercom, do you have a dedicated RevOps person or it's actually this combination of marketing ops, sales ops and the business system uh, managers that make this RevOps function today?
1: So we started that way, the way you just stated, which is a virtual function, which is revenue opportunity. Yeah. Right? yeah, and it, it was a virtual function, and it, but the good news was that it, it did start getting executive sponsorship. So we had the right sponsors on the table, and they really care about the initiatives, and they were like, "This is great." But then uh, the company decided uh, about a few, uh, t- two months ago, and uh, we're doing this now. Is we one of our internal leaders then created this. Revenue ops function now it's fully formalized. So now you have sales ops, marketing ops, sales analytics, marketing analytics, all sitting, sitting under one umbrella, okay. and that's great. And, it's, and so the beat of that is so when we now sit together, it's not like, hey, I'm Scott. This these are my priorities, and your priorities are different. You're part of a different org structure, so th- that creates some challenges, right? Because when priorities don't align, you don't get them done. So that's the new journey we're taking. Um, yeah. And I'm seeing early results that are also uh, promising. Uh, we just formed an outbound working group. Um, it's a core team which has multiple work streams. And the job is we want to achieve some amazing results in terms of outbound revenue growth, which will complement our inbound revenue growth. But we have to grow much faster on the outbound now if we want to be you know, a great company. So there's multiple work streams, and the work stream owners are across marketing, sales offs, marketing offs. And it's so great to see because then you're like, oh my God. So we finally are building a platform to enable this revenue engine, which is the outbound revenue engine, and we can really create an impact together. That's what we need and that's what the RevOps function is.
0: That's awesome. Uh yeah, thanks Scott for sharing. And please don't hesitate to share also uh, uh in your company how you are actually uh, handling this, like uh, linking the marketing activities to the revenue? Uh, and do you have also uh, a RevOps uh, function, or is it marketing ops who is uh, having that hat today as well? We'd love to know more about uh, yeah, how you guys are, are doing this today. Um, one other topic uh, that uh, I wanted to, to mention, we discussed this, and uh, I really love the conversation, and, and you know, it's your take that you have on strategy. Uh, with marketing, for marketing operations leader. So, so Scott, do you want to tell us more about how, how you see this, like uh, how MOPS can really think about strategic, uh, st- the strategy of the company, especially helping CMOs?
1: Yeah, sure. And I'll, I'll share a quirky joke. I'd, I, 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 think, I don't know if it will resonate with you guys, but when I joined, I, and I know even Matt could have called it MOPS, but I was <laughs> a bit, I, I'd never seen this term so often. So I was like, uh, please don't call our team MOPS. We don't mop the floor. It was a joke, right? It was like the, the point that I was trying to make and it, within that joke was we are a strategic function. We're not just order takers who are just looking at this you know, tactical optimization uh, or just technical optimization or process optimization. We put on our strategy hat first. We look at the broad, broader business problems and we start looking at patterns. I'll give you one, one quick example. Uh, we were, Intercom is... One of the greatest users of Incom Messenger, but there was no, there were multiple teams that were using Incom Messenger to create a huge you know, prospect and customer impact, but there was no singular team which was you know, aligning all the different core functions. And so, from a strategic angle, I looked at it and said, you know what, we are Incom, we should be best at using Incom. So, what can I do as a marketing ops leader to help facilitate that? So, I started getting different stakeholders who were leveraging an Messenger and said, can we not form a small core team that we can, that can meet, meet on a fortnightly basis every other week and then just talk about core areas uh, that we're all working on so we can optimize and create a bigger impact using an Messenger. So I took an example, I mean, the point was think strategically and then take an idea that matters to your company and then take it down to its very core implementation. That's what differentiates a marketing ops professional the best professionals from any other function. And This is not to demean any of my peers or partners in other teams, but the thing—the thing that differentiates marketing ops is we are looking things at a much, from a much broader lens. We're looking at an entire marketing uh, life cycle, from awareness, consideration, preference to purchase and beyond. So we are an advantage point that nobody else has in the company. Literally, nobody else has. Engineering doesn't have it. Product management to some degree has it, but product management is overly focused on the product itself. Marketing ops definitely has it. Demand Gen to a great degree has it. And then if you look at sales ops, their job becomes much more compressed and much more focused. So they have to be that way. And their the workload is significant because they're looking at a larger you know, resource structure. And then finally, other functions. So I I want to challenge everyone to think that way. Is we are, since we have been given this vantage point because of the function we are, the nature of the function. You need to be strategic first and once you become strategic, you think about the broader strategy of the company and then start aligning operational initiatives. You may not even own a certain area, but you could be the instigator of of bringing those topics to the table. So, In many cases, we were acting as the internal champions for certain features for our product for intercom messenger. Because the reason that we knew the pains more so we were the greatest customer in that sense, right? Internal customers being the greatest customer of your product, and so be strategic is the only call to action that I would make. The most important call to action, and and growth hacking is the second one, right? Think like a growth hacker. Always think growth and see what can you do. In terms of strategy, the final quick point I'll make, and I'm sure Ann will have more questions for you, but. Um, I don't know if you guys have noticed but if you look at larger companies think salesforce.com and others there's this new movement of we should have a marketing strategy and ops function the core thinking behind that is the instigator for that in my opinion and i'd love to hear your feedback is marketing ops has become more of a tactical function so it doesn't get a seat at the table with a with the cmo or for that matter the cfo or ceo they're like you know you guys do a bunch of campaigns right Added a bunch of systems, right? So then go to your job. That's not what they're saying, but you get the point because we, as marketing ops professionals, have done a disservice to our own function by not being strategic first. So, what you see is now larger companies then building that function saying, Hey, perhaps we should hire an ex Bain or McKinsey consultant. By the way, we worked closely with a lot of great talent from Bain, McKinsey, and many other BCG and others, great talent, but. If we ourselves were, and they bring a really solid toolkit to the table, but it's our job to be that strategic person because we know the marketing problems far better than anybody else. We've been in these functions for a long time. We know the marketing problem set. We even know a sales problem sets to some degree. So we are in a better position to be that strategic voice. But since we're not playing that role, you see this new movement on marketing strategy office, let's just hire someone from being McKinsey, McKinsey. Now that's great that they're going to bring someone in and they're going to bring some really good tool set, but the problem is they don't know marking well, well enough. So their even their usage of their own toolkit would not result in great outcomes. It will take them years before they get to where you are already in understanding marking as depth and breadth, which they simply cannot get overnight. Therefore my call to action is please think strategically and also learn the tool sets that consultants have, strategy consultants, right? There's not a there's a few core core tool sets right that they use we need to start thinking like them. We need to first think about strategy of the company and align that to an operational strategy that marketing ops has, and then align initiatives, and then always put them in two dimensions, right? Effort versus impact. And then once you understand that, then you can see where, where the operational strategy lies. So always go for low-hanging fruits first, low effort, low impact, fine. You get early wins and you prove to the organization that you can create great results, and then go for bigger fruits, right? And then use the lean mindset to always bring larger initiatives compressed into smaller initiatives first, always go for the MVP approach, always prove your point out through an MVP and then go, go next. Yeah. So you as marketing ops professionals can do this better than any strategy professional brought in from the outside and saying, Hey, now we have marketing strategy and ops." You don't become strategic overnight just because you brought a strategy person. That's not how it works. You are the strategic person. You should be that person doing it.
0: Exactly, and I really love this point because that's really uh, something important to be able to have this strategic mindset, and bring these initiatives to the table uh, as a marketing ops professional. I love there is one of the of, uh, there is one quote that you had shared with me that I really love around like strategy is a muscle not belonging to one department, and that's really what you said. That's really what you said before. It's like it's not just marketing strategy marketing ops has a, play, a role to play uh in uh, in this as well and uh, and i always think in customer success you know i always think of the csm being the quarterback of the company uh, for for the different cost, uh, end of the customer and i think marketing ops is the same thing you see everything so you are the quarterback so not only can you have uh, can you understand how things work and uh, and uh, different initiatives and trends? Uh, but you you have the vision you are able to direct people into the right direction. so that's really a uh, yeah, it really resonates a lot with me and I and uh, and I understand you when you say, oh we put ourselves in this situation in a way where we are just focusing on the operations part of things, uh, the tech tax management and the workflows, etc while we need to remember hey we also we can also think strategically as well and you don't need a strategic consultant necessarily to be able to 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 do that for you so so really really inspiring And, and scott in terms of the future of all of this you know we talked about the profession we talked about link it to revenue make sure you're strategic but make sure it's actionable as well what are the, yeah, in the future, what would be your recommendation for the audience in terms of where to focus and how, what, to, what to do, yeah?
1: Yeah, it, it, it really comes down to uh, a few, few core guiding principles, first principles. One is the guidance that I, I'd like to give is always be strategic first. And yes, your our job, your job, forces you to be the opposite, but don't don't let it drive you, please. If you let it drive you that way to become tactical again and again, you will become you will be pigeonholed and hold and you'll be forced to become that person. So always think strategically. Always keep your eyes open for opportunities and pains across the organization where marking ops can be a crucial uh, value add, right? So that's the first most important principle. The second critical principle. Is around lean and agile. Uh, There's always going to be way more to do in marking offs, and I can say this with all certainty that it's, it's much more so in marking offs than any other profession in the world. Why am I so confident? Let's simplify this. You guys may have seen the Luna, I think it's called Luna or Luna, I forgot. But they do these uh, Martech stacks, and, and Scott, you know, Brinker also does this these kind of stacks. Look at the Martech stack and compare that to any other stacks in the industry. It is mind-boggling. The only other stack which even compares to it is perhaps the data integration and ETL type of stacks. They're very complex too. But marking up stacks, mark tech stacks are unbelievable. Which means you have a there's a lot of areas that you can focus in on. It's mind-boggling, right? So then the lean and agile mindset helps us prioritize we and focuses our energy. And weekly sprints or two weekly sprints, fortnightly sprints, to say, you know what? Yes, we can conquer the world, but I only have limited resources. So through my strategic hat, I prioritize first. Through the lean mindset, I execute at a mind boggling pace. When I build lean at multiple companies, it's unbelievable the output goes up significantly higher for the team, that it's unbelievable because then you start using the brains across not only your team, but you can bring outside resources. And once you start proving your metal, then you can even create a case for like, look, I need more marketing ops contractors to really support us. Everybody will be willing to sign on that check, right? Because they know the kind of impact you can have. That's the second principle. Again, nice. uh, think lean, think agile. Uh, third one is, again, this is my beloved. I always go back to it because it, it encapsulates the first two, the growth hacking, the growth hackers mindset, the growth mindset always think like a growth hacker. Think of ideas that you can quickly through perhaps a day worth of growth hacking, four hours, two hours. We recently started that in .com. Uh, we, we do it across the company, but within marketing, we just started that. And I was leading that along with one of my partners in the company. And so think like a growth hacker, come up with new ideas and quickly show that you can pr- create value. And if you can do that, that's it. So uh, again, to summarize again, think strategically. Lean mindset and agile principles, follow them really to the core and don't compromise on them because you can see your output will go up significantly for you, for your team and everybody else. And then finally think like a growth hacker, come up with great ideas and don't hold on to those ideas. Do something about it. Set up a growth hacking day, be the instigator of that. Uh, Don't ask, seek permission all the time. As a growth hacker, should not be seeking permission all the time. Sometimes you can get in trouble, but mostly people will admire you. You know what, this person's a go-getter.
0: That's great. Yeah, that's and it's, and it's amazing because uh, it's great to see that me, this, uh, this marketing ops function can wear so many different hats and you, you need to be both strategic and also just very hands-on uh, and uh, being a, have this gross hacker mys- mindset. I really love it. Indeed, uh, it, uh, the, the, the main thing you want to do is to just have quick wins, do things, and yeah, ask for forgiveness, but don't ask for permission that's uh, yeah totally agree with that uh, and uh, uh, team let us know if that resonates with uh, you know with you with what you see with what you are experiencing every day uh, as well uh, is in your companies I mean having this strategic mindset is this something that you've managed to do uh, that you have some struggles doing because of all the other things we would love to know yeah to to get your thoughts on how you if you're applying these principles as well uh, yeah, it's that's really great. And as we are talking about the the future, you know, of uh, of marketing ops, I think one of the topics that uh, you know that we discussed together and that I would love to to, to talk about today is the future and the role of uh, of all the marketing ops leaders in education to uh, identify the talents of tomorrow, or just to raise awareness on this function. Um, so. Scott, do you want to tell us more about what you, the, you, know, what you noticed in the universities and, uh, and what you think we should change? How, how can we help here?
1: Absolutely. That's, that's a topic near and dear to my heart. Uh, and, and the reason is, as I explained, uh, marketing ops, both from breadth standpoint, is, it's a mile wide and mile deep. Try finding me other functions that are like that and you'll be hard to find them. Trust me, product management is the only one that comes close enough, in my opinion. Uh, and, and nothing else. I've, I've done this analysis again in my head and talked to a lot of peers. So it is a hard subject. But what makes it harder is if you go look at the college curriculum, even at the best com- best universities in the world, you'll be hard to find curriculum that teaches B2B marketing offs or B2C for that matter in the right way. And OK, so then one can say, well, you know, product marketing and brand is probably thought the right way. but Think about it this way, guys, and and you work with product marketing and brand and, you know, product management. Each one of them, in order to enable revenue creation, ultimately does need this operational infrastructure to enable their jobs. So you can be the greatest brand leader, and I've met quite a few of them, and you ask them what kind of pains they are. A lot of times they go back to, well, we don't have a process for this, and we don't have the technology for this, and I want to do this kind of... You know, branding and advertising, but I don't have, our company cannot support it or the infrastructure cannot support it. Same for product marketing, I can go on and on. So we are doing a disservice to ourselves from an academic standpoint, not teaching marketing ops as a core subject within marketing. And as a result, what's happening is we're creating professionals who know, who may be great at what they're, Think about from branding or product marketing or any other st- or campaign standpoint, but they don't even know how to enable all of their vision because they don't know what marketing ops is and what are the ina- key enablers to achieve success. Uh, I've early on in my career, I worked closely with uh, you know some marketing ops leaders, including one of my CMOs who were teaching courses at different universities, uh, Santa Clara being one of them, Santa University, but. You know, they were like the pioneers who were teaching the subjects, but I haven't seen that accelerate. So the call to action that I'm making out to the CMOs, and I hope a lot of you listen to this, and to also academic leaders, uh, heads of departments at great universities in the marketing departments, that we really need to take the time to update our curriculum to really teach marketing ops as the, in the right way. We do see marketing analytics sometimes, especially in the B2C realm, show up. In core uh, curriculum at great, great universities, but that's the limit of it. We really need to expand the horizon. Martech tech should be a core subject also as part of the marketing ops curricula. So that's my call to action. And I and the call to action of CMOs is please do reach out to uh, the academic circles and be, you know, highlight this pain that you all of CMOs do highlight to the world saying, hey, look, I do need support from marketing ops perspective. Well, we need to create professionals. Who know this when they walk in, out of a university? You all, the CMOs, need this. So the call to action is on both sides. We need this industry, this forum, which brings the CMOs and academic leaders. It's not just about marketing ops, by the way, because the entire marketing curriculum needs to be updated and brought to the present times. It's way behind in many cases. So how do you bring that forward? And marketing ops as a core core subject could really help do that because. Marketing ops is the front leading in terms of, you know, the latest industry trends on how to enable all this It is the core core function, which is doing that. So marketing ops leaders also need to play a great role, a critical role to help facilitate this movement.
0: And what's great is that it's 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 important indeed to link like the theory uh, of marketing that you usually learn in universities to the reality of the jobs. Uh, and uh, and as you say, it's pro- it's a give and take. Like marketing ops leaders, marketing leaders need to come to reach out uh, to their university. Like as alumni, share their stories and then suggest to do maybe start with simply simple things as uh, you know conferences or or experiences, and then from there mm-hmm. it will enable to actually uh, open the doors to more and uh, and to and to explain to people what marketing ops is, especially for students and. Actually, the win on the, on uh, on the company side is also that you don't need to train these people because yes. they already know what it, what we are talking about and is and they, and they kind of know all the systems, etc. You get more talents, and it's faster to get them uh, up to speed. So, so yeah, definitely a win-win uh, project. It's not going to happen over time uh, in uh, yeah overnight. So we need to make sure to be all together in this. So I totally understand this and tot- totally resonates with me. And uh, and everyone, uh, yeah, let us know if this is something, if there are initiatives or trainings or you know mentors, mentoring initiatives that you've done. Uh, if you have any questions, also please add them to the chat. But uh, great for thought uh, for for this discussion, and uh, and thanks, Scott, for yeah, yeah, sharing that and making it a point that it's important to get the leaders of tomorrow know about. <laughs> Uh, about uh, this uh, this function and know about know more about marketing B two B raise awareness at the earlier stage, yeah. That's really great. Um, well, thanks everyone uh, for for all of this. Thank you, Scott. We are coming to uh, yeah to 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 the end of, of this session. Any final final you know thoughts that you want to share uh, with the audience here uh, that you want to talk about, uh, Scott?
1: Yeah, I, I, I'd love to first offer uh, myself as a, as a either a mentor or a peer or a sounding board, whichever one you like, or all of the, the above. Um, unfortunately, due to COVID, it's hard to meet people, but um, through at least my own network, I've built a really strong network across marketing ops and marketing. But feel free to please reach out anytime on LinkedIn. Connect with me, first of all, let's start with that. And then if you want to just shoot the breeze or pick up a topic and say, hey, you know what? Let's just talk about this. Or here's a problem in my company and I'm trying to solve. Can you give me some feedback? Happy to do it. Of course, I'm constrained on time management, but we can find creative ways to do that, right? There's many ways to do that. It could be like set of messages that goes back and forward, or it's like a quick five minutes call, where there's a specific topic or perhaps it's deeper. I'm open to all ideas and suggestions. So yeah, please connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, that's one. Two, yeah, let's you know perhaps jump on a call, Zoom, Chit chat, learn about each other, and and discuss, and shoot the breeze, and talk about talk shop also, right? Talk about marking offs. Oh,
0: that's great, Scott, and uh, and and thanks for yeah sharing this. That please everyone, if you want to connect on LinkedIn with Scott, uh, let's go let's go ahead. It's been really an amazing session. So I would like uh, I can't thank you enough, Scott. Uh, yeah, for for your time today and for the great insights that you shared. Uh, yeah, about the strategic thinking that needs to happen, revenue, marketing analytics, and how do we create the marketing ops leaders of tomorrow? Uh, so that's that's really awesome. Um, to wrap up this session, I just wanted to share with everyone um, the next uh, uh, the next uh, session for next week. So share my screen, and next week will be very excited uh to welcome brandon benjamin uh from PagerDuty and have great discussions and uh yeah thanks a lot everyone for joining this session it's been an absolute pleasure uh to to have you all to be able to host this and looking forward to uh, yeah to your feedback and to many more sessions together thanks everyone and have a great day bye-bye
1: thanks ann